It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dan, and this is our Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's Mary Kay Cabot and I, and we are talking over-unders. We go through the Browns' win total. We throw out some over-unders. We made them all up on our own, so none of these are official. Don't go looking for them on your local sports book or whatever, for entertainment purposes only, of course. But we talk through some over-unders for players, the team, all that fun stuff. So check it out here on our Monday pod. Make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber. Go to cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. You get an exclusive newsletter every day. You get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. And, of course, you can be one of our text subscribers. Again, cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. All right, let's start our podcast week off right with some Monday over-unders. And here we go on a Monday on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We are doing Browns over-unders, and let's just start with the big one, Mary Kay. Browns over-unders wins... So we were looking around and we've seen most of them set around nine and a half or 10. So we're making up our own for, we're making up our own for all of these. And so we're going to do this for this one too. 10 and a half wins over under 10 and a half wins in a 17 game season for the Browns. Well, first of all, we have to wrap our brain around this 17 game season thing, right? I mean, it's like all these years of covering the Browns, I always have in my mind, oh, they feel like a, a, a seven win team or a nine win team or a, whatever. And now 17 just puts a, enough of a different spin on it. Even though it's only one extra game, you just kind of have to change your thinking a little bit, but I do think that they will win more than 10 and a half games. I think that they will win at least 11, possibly 12 games. And uh, so I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to say over on this. Yeah, me too. I'm going to agree over. I, I just, I felt like that nine, nine and a half or 10, whatever we were finding was too low. If they win nine games, they go nine and eight. And I don't think this is a nine and eight football team. They won 11 last year. And I know the schedule's tougher and I know circumstances are different every single year, but at the very least they can go 11 and six. Yes. Or, and I'm really just saying these numbers so I can get them in my head or 12 and five. So it's hard for me to really argue the under here. It would have to be, something would have to go wrong, I think, for them to go under 10 wins this year. Yeah, I mean, you, when you look at the schedule and you go down, you ask yourself, you know, can this team, can they beat this team? Can they beat that team? And when I look at it, I feel like, okay, maybe there's about six teams on this schedule that have a really good chance of beating the Browns. So. 
it's, it's tough to say, but it, you know, of course you always have to qualify everything by saying that they're going to be healthy, but providing they're healthy with Odell coming back with their completely overhauled defense, losing six games seems about right to me. Yeah. And just to kind of put it in perspective too, for our newsletter, the one day I, I did like a reasonable schedule outlook. So I was pretty, I was pretty generous with their opponents. So like, you know, you split with Minnesota and the Chargers or you win two out of, you know, then you split with the Cardinals and the Broncos, you know, things like that. And I got them to 11 and six, just being not super optimistic, but just trying to be reasonable through each stretch of the season split with that Baltimore back to back. And, and I got him to 11. So I feel like this is, this is too low. Let's go to some player over unders. Let's do the new defensive end and the old defensive end miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. So let's start with miles 14 and a half. He's never reached that number in his career. Of course, he's had some seasons that have been shortened. His career high is 13 and a half. That was the last, the only time he's played 16 games in 2018. He had 12 last year, but I think he was barreling towards a much higher number before COVID took him out. Mm-hmm. 14 and a half over under for miles on this one. I find this one to be tough. I want to say over, but there's also a part of me that thinks like 14 is going to be the number, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh, just because I don't know if he's going to play every game. Uh, I feel like there's a chance he could miss a couple games here and there. And it seems like he just never quite can get over that hump uh, to be where uh, he wants to be. But with Jadavian Clowney and Tack on the other side of him, I think that's a pretty formidable duo over there. And there are 17 games, so there's an extra game. So maybe he can get to 15. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. We set this one where you really have to think about it. I'm going to go over. I, I think he can get to 15 if he stays healthy and plays all 17 games. That would be three more games than last year in which to get another three sacks. So I'm going to say that he can do it. He had nine and a half in the first nine games last year. So yeah. he was on, he was on pace to go over 16 in the regular season last year. So that 17th game certainly helps him out. I'm going to put him at 14. I'm going to say under here because I think, you know, I think he's going to help other guys get their numbers, but there might just be some games where the defense focuses on him. Maybe they get the ball out quickly, whatever it is, but I'm going to put him right at like 14. I, I think this is actually a good number. If, if any Vegas sports books want to reach out to us and, and let us yeah. hand them some over-unders, we're coming up with good numbers here. Yeah, it, it is a good number because you really definitely have to think about that. There are a lot of factors. Here's another factor to think about, Dan, is that there are going to be a lot of mobile quarterbacks that are hard right. to sack, right? Obviously, you're going to be having, uh, you know, you've got Patrick, You've got Justin Herbert, you've got Kyler Murray, you've got Lamar Jackson. These guys are so slippery and so mobile that it, it can be very, very hard uh, to get them down. Uh, so that I think that's another factor. Yeah, I think we might see, and this goes into our next one, we might see a lot of situations where Miles creates the pressure mm-hmm. and somebody else cleans it up and gets home and, and picks up the sack. So Jadavian Clowney went a little low on this number, but I think, you know, if we're talking second defensive end, and this is a guy who 
really hasn't put up big sack numbers in his career. Six sacks. So over under six for Clowney. I'll go. I mean, I can go first on this one, kind of piggybacking off what I said. I think he goes over because of what I just said. I really think we're going to see Miles create pressures and then those guys up the middle and Clowney on the other side do a lot of cleaning up. So this might be one of those weird years where maybe Miles doesn't explode from a sack standpoint, but when you look at those pressures on PFF and all of that, you see a guy who's the best defensive end in football because he's just creating for all his other teammates. Yeah, it would be pretty incredible for Clowney to come back and have six sacks. He hasn't really had those kind of sack numbers since he was playing with J.J. Watt in Houston. So this is comparable to that, to playing with a J.J. Watt. So I think he can uh, boost those numbers back up. Once again, he's got to be healthy. He's had so many injury issues. And he will also be kind of platooning over there with tack. So, you know, he might not have as many reps as he's had in the past. Yeah. This is an interesting number. I can just say six. Can I, can I just say, he's yeah, you just take the push. I'm going to take the push. He's just going to nail it right at six. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Nick Chubb 1200. And this was a tough one to come up with because again, that's that pesky 17 games. So 1200 yards for Nick Chubb. And let's see where he's landed here uh, in, in the last few seasons, just to put this in perspective, of course, last year, he missed time with the injury. So he only played 12 games last year and he still managed 1,067 yards. He had 1,494 in 2019. So he's gone over 1,200 once, probably was on his way to over 1,200 last year. And now that I'm saying all this, I really feel like we put this number too low. I do too. I'm thinking so too, because we might not have really been thinking so much about the 17th game with this particular one. So I think we're both on the same page with this one. So what about 1,500? Whoa, <laughs> that's a big one. That's a big number. All right. 15- which he almost hit, which he almost hit a couple years ago. Yes. 1500. I'm going to say under on that. That becomes a little easier for me because now you've got Kareem Hunt taking some of the load off of him, which you didn't have that as much in 2019. They didn't really let Kareem run the ball all that much back then. So I think they're going to try to keep Nick as fresh as they can knowing that they've got to make it all the way through not only 17 games, but potentially four more games after that. And they're going to want to have him down the stretch and into the playoffs. So I'm going to say under, because I think he's going to get fewer opportunities and Kareem Hunt is going to run the ball a little bit more. I'm good. I would take the under two because I think they might just run the ball less in general this year. Last year, they were fourth in rushing attempts on offense at 495. They were behind only Baltimore, Tennessee, and New England. And I think they might run the ball less this year because it was trending that way. And unfortunately, I don't have like the splits in front of me, but they were coming out and throwing the ball earlier in games last year in the second half of the season. And and they were throwing a lot in the first, their passing rate in the first quarter, I wrote this for like a number of stories was right up there. It was like Kansas city. And then the Browns were usually in that, that top three or four, as far as passing attempts in the fourth quarter or in the first quarter, I should say. So they were throwing earlier later in the season. That's a very analytics approach to the game, which you'd expect from this team as well, as they got more confident in Baker, that all kind of goes hand in hand. 
So I think the rushing attempts might be down a little bit this year. They, they won't be fourth in the league in rushing attempts in general. And then you throw in that split, like you were saying, with Kareem Hunt. And so, yeah, if we're putting it at 1,500, I would probably go under. But I still think Chubb will average like five yards a carry. It might not be under by much. Now, I'm very interested to see how this offense operates this year. Very curious to see what they are going to come up with. Once again, there are so many weapons. You know, we counted six guys the other day that are all capable of 1,000 yard plus seasons that they should have that. Like they, if they all played on teams where they were more of a featured guy, like a Kareem Hunt, they would all easily have 1,000 yards for their football team. But because there are so many of those guys on this offense, at least six, Uh, I do think it might be hard for all of them to get their 6,000, I mean, to get their thousand yards. So I, yeah, I wonder if they're going to run the ball less. It seems like maybe they will. They've got so many uh, pass catchers now with Odell coming back with Rashard being an important part of the offense from, from the jump with Donovan Peoples Jones, ready to take a step up with Anthony Schwartz due to maybe get a few, reps here and there yeah I don't know but I do think that he will be under 1500 so now let's look at a couple receivers Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr let's start with Jarvis easy number here thousand yards over under for Jarvis you know I'm going to go over I'm going to go over and the reason why I say that even though I don't think every single one of the 1000 yard guys is going to be able to get their 1000 Uh, I think Jarvis can because Baker is going to start off hot from the start. And I I think that the offense is going to be more explosive right from the jump. And therefore I do think that Jarvis is going to get his 1000 in part because, I mean, he was still coming off of hip surgery early on last year. So he's more recovered now. He's ready to hit the ground running and start strong. Um, so I, I would think that uh, he and Baker will be on point right from the start. And I'm going to say over. I am too. And I, I was kind of wrestling with this one. But again, this comes back to that 17th game. Jarvis is going to get his targets. I think we are going to see more Rashard Higgins. But I, I don't know if that's going to take away necessarily from what Jarvis can do. And he started slow last year and he still almost got to a thousand. And he's a guy that has such a great rapport with Baker Mayfield and the two work so well together. I think those targets are still going to be there. I think we're going to see more targets than we saw last year, even with the the new weapons on offense. It's just hard for me to see Jarvis not going over a thousand yards. Now he didn't last year. He got to 840 last year, but uh, so far in a Cleveland uniform, he's at 976 and 1174. I, I think he'll benefit from having maybe these additional weapons. And if they do play more 11 personnel, and if, if they do spread it out a little bit more and they do throw earlier in games, I, I think he can benefit from all of this. Now, speaking of games played, again, here's where that 17th game gets tricky. Odell Beckham Jr., over under 13 games played. Ah, that's a, that's a trick. I'm going to say over, I'm going to say over 13 games play. He looks really good. He looks really good in his workouts. And as long as he does not suffer another major injury, 
I think he, he can give it a good go this season. So, I mean, it is a tough one, but I'm going to go over. I'm going to take the push. Okay. That's good. I'm going to say right at 13. Yeah. And the, you know, so assuming he comes back from the ACL. Okay. This is a guy that has generally, when he hasn't had a serious injury has generally played a lot of games. I mean, he played 16 games in 2019 right through all those injuries. So that, so this is a guy that is usually available barring, you know, some sort of catastrophic injury. Right. But I do wonder if we're finally going to see some of that stuff, take a toll on him a little bit. Uh, You're yeah. talking about it on Friday's podcast, just all, yeah. got all these surgeries, all these lower leg issues. And I just wonder if we might see some games here and there where he's got to sit out Yeah, um, and he's just maybe, maybe they keep him out for precautionary reasons, or he has some soft tissue issues or, or something like that. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put it right at 13. Okay. The guy throwing the ball to them, Baker Mayfield has never reached this number, believe it or not. Touchdown passes for Baker Mayfield over under 30. That's a high number, but once again, there are 17 games. He is going to be starting strong right from the outset. He's going to have Odell Beckham Jr. back this year. He's going to have better chemistry with Austin Hooper. He's going to have his favorite target in Richard Higgins. And he's going to have a healthier Jarvis Landry right from the start. As you mentioned, uh, he started slow, slowly last year. So I think that Baker is certainly capable of this. And I, I think it will happen, especially if they do what you think they might do. And that is throw the ball a little bit more than they run the ball this year. And I, I kind of feel that could happen as well. I'm going to take the push on this one. I'm going to go 30. I think I'm going to take the over. I, I think that's 17th game. And I'm going to, I'm going to bet on those last like six games of the season. I'm going to pull this up here on, on pro football reference to see the pace he was on from the Tennessee game. Well, actually, interestingly from the Tennessee game, he was on pace. If you take that pace out to 16 games, it will put him at 29. So maybe that's not a great example, but like in the second half of the season, that's sort of the pace he was on to get to around 30 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the, I'm going to be bullish here on Baker. I'm going to take the over on 30 touchdowns because I think they will, like we've said, I think they'll throw the ball a little bit more and I think they'll throw the ball in the red zone a little bit more. And so I'll, I'll take the over with that 17th game. There were 10 quarterbacks that threw 30 or more touchdowns last year. Uh, Justin Herbert threw 31 and then nine other guys were ahead of him. A few guys at 33. I mean, Kirk Cousins threw 35 last year. So it, it's certainly doable if Baker Mayfield starts strong this year and, and doesn't get off to the start he did a year ago. Well, also remember that there was that weird period in there. Yeah. And so in addition to the sort of the sluggish start that he got off to while everybody was trying to figure everything out, uh, there was that period of, of weather games at the stadium. And he went a span of three games, yeah, three straight games without one touchdown pass. And that was just weird. That was just really, really bizarre. But a lot of it, once, once again, had to do with the crazy weather conditions. So, I mean, you, you would anticipate that 
that's not going to happen again. And therefore, uh, I think that, that he is primed to have 30 touch. Yes, at least 30 touchdowns. There could be some shootouts too this season. There's some teams on this schedule that you look at and, and you can see like there, there might be some really high scoring games. You know, we could see a, a rematch of that Baltimore game you know, from last year where it was both teams in the 40s and yep. Cincinnati is going to be like that. Yeah. Arizona plays fast and scores a bunch of points. So there, there could be some real shootouts here too. Tight ends. Okay. Last year, Austin Hooper had four touchdowns. David Njoku had two. Who has more touchdowns this year, Hooper or Njoku? You know what? This is, this is, I like that we came up with this one. It's an interesting thing to ponder. I have said this so many times, and I know you guys and other <laughs> people think I'm crazy, that I do think that David Njoku is, is, is capable of an eight touchdown season, but not for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, like if he played somewhere where he was the number one tight end, I think he's capable of eight touchdowns because he's gotten better. His hands have gotten better. And if you just throw it up to him in the red zone, for the most part, he's going to come down with it, I think. Uh, so if he were used a lot, I think for someone, I think he could do that on this team. I think it's too crowded for him to do that. And also I think that, that they're going to try to utilize Austin Hooper more because if you're paying a guy 10 and a half million dollars a year, you want to get more than four touchdown catches. And what, what was the uh, reception? How many receptions he had? If it was in the thirties, wasn't it? He had, he actually had 46, 46. Okay. So you want to get more than 46 catches and four touchdowns out of your $10.5 million man. Those double-digit guys need to put up a little bit more numbers than that. So I, I'm going to say Austin Hooper will have more touchdown catches than David Njoku. I wish I could argue with you, but it's just – I felt like Baker got more comfortable with Hooper as the year went along. Uh, last three games of the season, 16 catches, two touchdowns. Uh, if, if you spread that out to his Hooper's last five games of the season – uh, it's 20 catches, three touchdowns. It's a 64 catch pace uh, yeah. going back from the Jacksonville game. Now he missed the Monday night Baltimore game, uh, but the, the other five in that stretch, he had 20 catches. I felt like Baker got more comfortable with him. Right. And I just still am a little wary, I guess, of when push comes to shove and you've got Jarvis in the end zone and Hooper in the end zone and Kareem Hunt's on the field. And David Njoku's out there too. I, I'm just still a little wary of who Baker is going to trust the most in those moments. And I feel like if it's between those two, it might be Hooper. Yeah, I, I think so too. But remember, David Njoku finished very strong in a very big yeah. game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He caught four of five targets for like 59 yards or something like that. And he came up big in a big game when other people didn't, I mean, the other big stars on offense were not able to come through in that football game for one reason or another. And you had Rashard Higgins and David Njoku with most of the Browns offensive production in that football game. So he's got it in him. He's got it in him. And supposedly he's all in now and we'll see how that goes. And now he's going to tight end university with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, and he's going to get better. Now, if he's in it, if his head is in it from game one this time around, 
who knows where that can take him and it could get interesting, but I'm still going to say Hooper. Okay. Last one here is Greg Newsome interceptions two and a half. I think I'll take the under. You know, he's not a guy that had a ton of interceptions in college. You know, everybody has raved about his ball skills and his ability in that area, but I still think I'll go under here. I, I think it's hard for a rookie at that position. And so I think he can still be effective this year without racking up a bunch of interceptions. I could see him getting two. I don't know that he's going to get like five picks in his rookie year. How many did Denzel? I'm going to look up how many Denzel had in his rookie year. It wasn't a lot. Denzel's not a big INT guy. He had three. Three. Okay. Yeah. So and, that's and Denzel the, Ward has had two in each of the last two years. Right. So, we, so even and, Denzel know, is like the under at two and a half. Right. And that was kind of consistent with what he did at Ohio State. Remember? Yeah. I mean, that was a big issue coming out was he didn't get very many interceptions. But I will say this. With so many good defensive backs now on the field this year, I do think there will be more opportunities for a guy like Greg Newsome to get his hands on some footballs. I really do. Because you can't go away from everybody. You got to throw the ball somewhere on the field. And there are going to be a lot of places you don't want to go with it. And I think they're going to test the rookie sort of early on. And that might open up some opportunities for him to get some interceptions. So I'm going to give him the same number that Denzel Ward had as a rookie. I'm going to give him those three. I'm going over. Who do you think leads this team in interceptions this year? John Johnson. That's a good pick. How about you? I was going to go one of the safeties. If Ronnie Harrison plays enough, it might be him. Yeah. I just feel like I, I know that turnovers can be kind of lucky sometimes. And, you know, he only had one interception last year. It was a pick six. But I do feel like he's just one of those guys that's in the right place at the right time a lot. Yes. He, you know, he recovered one of Miles' strip sacks. He yeah. kind of has that, a little bit of that Terrence Mitchell in him. You know, the one yeah. year Terrence Mitchell was like, yeah. Right place, right time over, just forcing turnovers like crazy. Yeah. I feel like Ronnie's got a little bit of that in his game. Yeah, he's, he's got a nose for the ball. I mean, he just has good football instincts to make the impact play. And that's why I think it's cool that they've got three safeties that are going to play a ton. And I think there will be enough times where we look out there and see all three of them on the field at the same time. Although, you know who we didn't mention, and I'm looking up John Johnson here. He's got eight career interceptions, had a career high of four in 2018. But you know who we didn't mention that we should if we're going to talk interceptions? Grant? Uh, No, this guy's actually kind of become the forgotten man a little bit. Troy Hill. Oh, yeah. He's got seven career picks. He had three last year, two the year before, two before that. Yeah. He took two to the house last year. So if, if he's playing that slot, yeah. And there's some pressure and the quarterback kind of throws one up for grabs. Maybe Troy Hill becomes the beneficiary there. So yeah. I, yeah. I like, I like going with one of the safeties there. If you're going to go with a corner, maybe it's Troy Hill. Yeah. It, it's going to be a good defensive backfield, no matter how you slice it. If Grant and Greedy come back healthy, the way everyone expects them to, that's going to be one heck of a secondary. I mean, these guys are going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing with Greg too. It depends, I guess, on what happens with Greedy. If yeah. he comes, if he's the starter or if Greg Newsom is the starter. 
right. yeah, that would help determine that too. Okay, there we go. A bunch of over-unders here on our Monday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. As usual, full week of pods coming your way, so make sure you are subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk pod. Uh, maybe we'll actually get to watch some practice this week, Mary Kay. We don't know how that's all going to go here with OTAs, but usually we're allowed out there at least one time a week. So hopefully we'll get to watch some actual football uh, here coming up soon. And of course, make sure you're a football insider subscriber, because if we do get to watch practices, uh, you know, Mary Kay and I texted out like three or four times during that one hour rookie minicamp practice. So you don't want to miss that stuff. Uh, football insider. It's cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Mary Kay, I will talk to you later. Sounds great.